This is Paul Nobles from eatperform.com. I am sitting here with Catherine Adams. She's a little thumbnail in the bottom right there, but Catherine, if you want to say hi to everyone. Hi, everyone. So Catherine is actually a rock star in the Eat to Perform world, but she's also uh, very popular on the internet. Uh, her pictures, her, <laughs> her back picture and her front picture are the pictures that we use in ads quite a bit. And uh, people seem to resonate with those pictures, right, Catherine? I mean, it, it's, <laughs> it's kind of interesting. Um, I have to say, though, like I, I, I did kind of want to talk about it a little bit. I was a little bit more frustrated, um, not so much with your picture, but, but you know, the picture that we used of, of Chris the other day. Um, with your picture, though, uh, someone said, you know, kind of in a negative way, and I'm sure you've seen some negative comments towards, yeah. you know, your picture in the past. And I just, I just, I, you know, one, it really makes me mad, you know, that, that people judge other people's physique, you know, I mean, like if, if you don't want to have visible abs, you know, maybe that, you know, as a female, that that's your right. But you know, you don't really need to kind of throw that out there into the ether. But what, what I think is sort of interesting about it, you know, because we were talking, you know, uh, when I posted the picture of, of Chris, I didn't really think twice of it. I was really just kind of looking for a picture that we had. And because I did the show with Chris, I was like, oh, well, here's a good picture of Chris. I'm going to put it out there. Well, what was funny about the picture, you know, that we know that that probably the good majority of people didn't see is that Chris has hidden tights on. And that's why, <laughs> that's why it's, it's sort of a funny picture in general. And so a bunch of people, you know, made comments about him not having abs popping out, right? Um, and I think that that is, you know, one of the most frustrating things for me is the discussion about abs because, you know, if, if Chris did more than a couple, you know, minutes of crunches before he took that picture, you know, his abs certainly would have been popping out. And I, I think that's a little bit of the expectation that as, as, as viewers, like we need to be looking out for because you know a lot of the a lot of the images that are being put out there you know they're not real images not not the same way that yours is or, or that Chris but but what was interesting about it was right as i was reading the criticisms and and banded delete a bunch of people you know it's, it's kind of funny I, do you know who Dikembe Mutombo is does that name ring a bell to you no so Dikembe no, Mutombo is a basketball Hall of Famer, and okay. he was known for um, shot blocks. Yeah. And, you know, I've sort of joked in the past that uh, I have more blocks than Dikembe Mutombo because, you know, in general, I don't tolerate a lot of negativity. And, and you know, my, my initial instinct was sort of use this space to kind of talk about, you know, you know, even almost to the point of calling these people out, like, hey, John from Poughkeepsie, New York, you know. And then I, then someone messaged me, and it was one of our members, and, you know, she's 65 years old, 
And she said, you know, I just want to tell you that Chris has been so super helpful to me and really helped me in my journey and kind of making the focus on weightlifting and stuff like that. And, I, you know, I, I get it, you know. I mean, we have sort of an overpopulation, you know, the YouTube, you know, the <laughs> I, I need to have like some foundation or something for my daughter so the sun doesn't shine so much on me on the YouTube broadcast. But, um, but what I think that we know that most people don't know, well, like I was saying that, you know, there's kind of an overpopulation issue where, where you know, there's too many human beings using all the resources. And, you know, at some point, you know, it's been kind of a popular topic in movies lately that we're going to have to kind of get rid of some of the population. I don't think that the that anyone would have any problem with Internet trolls being like the first <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, so, so, you know, and, and, and I thought of it with you, you know, I mean, like this, this woman was talking about, you know, oh, I would never want to look that muscular. I mean, when people say that, you know, I, I really, I really don't think they realize how, how much hard work goes into, you know, doing that and, and the amount of exercise and, and, Frankly, a lot of people aren't willing to put in that kind of work. And and it's not a disrespect to to anyone. I mean, look, we all have jobs. We're trying to just be as healthy as we can. But you know, when you say that to someone, especially another, you know, a woman or a woman, you know, it just seems it just seems wrong. I mean, Catherine Catherine has worked with women with eating disorders, you know, a good portion of her life. I mean, she's she's coaching people on a daily basis. I mean, really trying to, to help folks. And, and I get it, you know, you're not a need to perform member and you're really not invested in the culture and, and maybe you're only seeing something for the first time and, 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 you know, you're reacting to that, you know, from a negative perspective, but, you know, we really do try to keep it, keep it positive and, and I, I, I would, I need everybody to sort of know that, right, that, you know, eat to perform is like a family. I mean, it's really, it, you know, it's like a collection of friends. I mean, when Catherine and I, you know, when we're talking to, you know, members and clients and, you know, we're not viewing them as, as people that, you know, we're, you know, dictating a set of rules to. We're viewing them as, as friends that we work out with and that we talk to. Yeah. And so, um, I don't know. If, Catherine, did you, you said totally, but. I, I, I agree that, that all of the people that deal with them on a daily basis, we really, it's important that we, I see them as friends. I see them as I want to help them bet, get to where they want to be. Their their goals are could be completely different than mine, but um, that's okay because we're all individuals. And when that woman posted yesterday about not wanting to, you know, women shouldn't have muscle, it, probably a year or two ago, I might have been angry, but at my, I just felt sorry for her because yeah. she's going through life being negative and, and being negative. And you have taught us that you don't need to do that. Yeah. You know, um, and it was, it is a lot of work. <laughs> and yeah, it is. I think it is. And not I, respecting how much work that, that, 
um, individual, wherever they're coming from. Um, I think that's really sad. And and yeah, those trolls, man, uh, I could have them all go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I, I think it's hard not to take it personal because, you know, as, as someone who was 230 pounds, um, you know, I, I put up a picture, you know, I mean, like a, a back picture where my traps are popping out, my lats. I mean, I've got like the V in my back. And like someone made a comment about a small amount of fat on my back, you know, at my lower, lower. Back. Yeah. I mean, like, like I, I literally look like the same thing with Chris, right? I mean, he looks like a character from the movie 300. Um, and, and I mean, you know, when you come from like morbid obesity to, you know, kind of like this next level fit, and and someone says something to you on the internet. It's really hard not to take that personal, but you know you do learn that it's really just best to kind of just ban and delete that individual. And and that's our way of sort of filtering the audience. So we're really only talking to positive people. So you know, once again, um, if you don't know, we're this is one of our classes that we do. Um, that's a little bit more open, so we can record for you guys to see it later on but you know the people that will be you know asking questions you guys feel free to go ahead and get anything out there that you want to get out there use the chat to do so um chats on the right hand side and then we'll kind of get to that once we kind of cover the the topic but these are our quick start um lifetime clients and uh you know when you're an eCoform member, that's kind of one of the things that you can kind of sign up for after the fact. You know, it just depends on the level of service that, that you need. So um, the topic today, I think is going to be somewhat of a boring topic from the standpoint of the way that we're going to cover it. But I think it's also going to be really enlightening for a lot of the people that are going to be watching it for the first time and seeing our content in a way that... Um, you know, the most popular article that we have on our site is how to stay lean while eating carbohydrates, right? And so this is going to be a piece of content for that um, or, or these videos and these podcasts is going to be for, for that article. And I guess we should start talking about why that, that article is so popular and why it resonates with so many people is because most people think that you can't get optimal body composition while eating carbohydrates. You know, it's kind of a common thing. Um, I would say probably 15 years ago, the exact opposite was thought as it relates to fats. And so, you know, we've kind of come full spectrum. And so the question is, why did people start thinking that and why are they, you know, mostly incorrect? I think what's, what's interesting about Ecoform is that we sort of talk to people about moderation in general, right? You know, like not viewing foods as good or evil and trying to see what works for you and kind of, you know, peeling apart the onion to see, you know, how your body performs the best, you know? And if you show me someone that says, well, my body performs the best, 
you know, um, on high fat, I mean, one doesn't really make a whole lot of scientific sense. I mean, you know, in general, uh, your body is going to be more responsive to activity by using glycogen as fuel. And glycogen is a byproduct of carbohydrates. And, but the genesis of why carbohydrates have been demonized is most people, and, and I think it's, you know, fairly common that, that most people would go, when I eat carbohydrates, my weight is typically up. And when I don't eat carbohydrates, my weight is typically down. So let's address that topic. When you're looking at protein or fats, the amount of water that is needed to process those is relatively small. And I just want to say we, we are getting a few questions in. Don't want you guys to feel like we're ignoring you. We're just going to run through this topic and then we'll get to the questions. So fats and proteins don't really require a lot of water to be processed. And, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about why water is important and why when we're talking about dehydration, keeping carbs low is also another way of being dehydrated that most people don't know. And so that's kind of an interesting part of the discussion as well. So in terms of fats causing inflammation, it's not common. Uh, typically, you will, will hear people saying that, you know, uh, you know, fats as from grass-fed meat are processed a little bit easier without so much inflammation. In general, there's not a lot of inflammation on both sides, but it might be slightly more. And obviously, your body wants to process that. You know, this is obviously a discussion about carbohydrates, but your know, fats are also very important. And one of the reasons why eating an adequate amount of food for what you do becomes paramount is because you know your vitamin intake, your hormones, all these things are favorable as it relates to fats. And so when you go low 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 carb, low calorie, low fat, whatever it is, you've got to pick one or two. You know, like so typically, you know, if you just keep everything low, you know, um, your body's not going to respond to that really well. And so you know, we've had a number of people that 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 want to try low carb, and then some people that want to try high carb um and in general kind of like this this middle high carb low fat in general the middle area tends to be a little bit better and then you know as your body responds better to carbohydrate you know you can kind of adjust to that the the problem that people run into though when they're talking about dieting and eating or counting macros or anything like that macronutrients basically being carbohydrates proteins and fats you know, like I said, this is a one-on-one discussion because a lot of the people that are going to be listening to this, you know, don't normally count calories, aren't necessarily looking for a specific way of thinking things. And we're just trying to get you guys as much information so you can be better informed, right? There's no no charge, no cost. You know, if you want to become an e form member, awesome. You know, you get to talk to Catherine and I. But in general, you know, we're really about getting you guys information that is helpful. Um, and kind of, you know, takes you to the next level as it relates to 
your food intelligence. And so when we talk about carbohydrates, basically you're looking at three to four grams for every gram of carbohydrate. And the reason why that's important is because what carbohydrates are, are essentially trying to do is they're trying to give your muscle more useful energy. And so I think I mentioned it before, if I didn't, I'll, I'll reiterate it, that at rest, typically you're gonna be burning fats. At inactivity, typically you're gonna be burning carbohydrates. Well, there's other uses for carbohydrates as well. Some people will say, you know, it, it is kind of funny because even though that this is a this is a one-on-one -on -one discussion, it does bring up a lot of questions. And you know, one of the questions that that often comes up is, you know, is muscle the only thing using glucose? And and that's a definite no. Um, your brain relies on glucose, and so when you are low carbohydrate and you're wondering or low calorie even and 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 potentially low carbohydrate as a result and you start to get like kind of a headache that's a little bit why right and uh you know people will often say well the body can break down uh, fats and proteins to make glucose through a process called gluconeogenesis and and, you know, once again, that's outside of the scope of 101, but just letting you guys know your, your body's pretty smart and it can kind of figure things out. And what's interesting about that is, is that your body's always doing some version of all of these things. And so all, you're not really, you're not really like turning a switch off or turning a switch on. You're really kind of just moving things in more of a direction, right? That's kind of the best way to describe it. And so when your body has, uh, you know, it takes three grams to four grams of water to process. Now, once glucose or glycogen's into the muscle cell, it does not release fairly easily until it's used as energy. So, for instance, the, the glycogen glucose that's stored in your muscle cells, you know, is basically going to be used as energy, you know, at some point, right? I mean, even, you know, you know, if you look at like a highly glycolytic type thing where you're doing like high intensity work on a spin bike, you know, that'll definitely use a lot of, of glucose in a very short amount of period of time, but, and, and it's a high percentage, but even something like walking, even though it's a low percentage, probably anywhere from between five to 15%, the longer you walk, the more glucose you're gonna be using in that process. And like I said, you know, your organs use glucose, your brain uses glucose. There's, there's a lot of things going on in your body. So having a ready supply of glucose is important. Having an excessive supply of glucose um, is probably not not favorable. But one of the things that's sort of interesting that most people don't know is if you ask people which stores better, carbohydrates or fats, as it relates to, you know, stored bodily fat, you know, it would almost seem obvious that that would be fat and it is fat, right? 
But most people think it's carbohydrates because their weight is up. And so when you start dieting, lower your calories, lower your carbohydrates, what happens? You know, you end up, well, let's just say without the TMI, it leaves one way or the other. Right? <laughs> um, and, and everybody knows this, right? And so one, you're kind of dehydrating your body. You know, your body is mostly water and requires water uh, to um, function and, and to do great things. It's not just, it's really, I mean, it, it's everything from like your skin tone, you know, there, there's a lot of things that are, are favorable as it relates to being adequately hydrated. And so when we're talking about being adequately hydrated, really having a discussion about are you eating enough carbohydrates for that to happen, right? And once again, we're not demonizing fats. We're not demonizing proteins. We're not, you know, we're just trying to put the information in front of you guys. So now you go, well, I don't do very much. And I would argue you sh probably should try to change that a little bit, you know? And one of the things that I've always hated about Eat to Form is that people go, well, I'm not an athlete, and so therefore I don't know that this works for me. First of all, Eat to Form is based on the science of total daily energy expenditure. My, my thing, you know, if you've never heard it and you're probably watching this for the first time, you haven't. Basically, if you're a chain-smoking alien, total daily energy expenditure applies to you, right? So dogs, total daily energy expenditure applies to them. When you look at a wearable, it's essentially trying to calculate your total daily energy expenditure. And so whether you're an athlete or not, you know, athlete is simply another way of saying thriving human being, you know. Um, if you're 65 years old and you have grandkids and you want to keep up with those grandkids, you know, there's some level of athleticism happening there. Right. And that's the discussion we're having. We're not, we're not saying that, you know, you need to go like, you know, base jumping or rock climbing or, or anything like that. You know, we're really talking more about, um, having more available energy so you can do you know, athletic things, you know, things that, you know, make you more of a human being. And that's, that's a very simple discussion. We're not really having like an advanced discussion. We're not trying to get you to the Olympics. You know, we certainly have Olympians. We certainly have professional athletes that we work with, but, you know, in general, we're really talking to kind of the, 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 you know, the regular folks, you know, and we're trying to kind of talk to them about, why all these extremes are, are a negative. And so when you look at why carbohydrates um, get you better performance in, in the gym, it's because you have a well-hydrated muscle cell, right, that allows you to do more stuff. And because you can do more stuff, you potentially are asking your body to regenerate new and leaner tissue along the way. And so when you say, 
I want to lose fat and gain muscle, what you're really saying is, is that, and, and, and when we, we're specifically referring to carbohydrates here, is I need enough energy to do enough work so I can see a result that shows up in the mirror, right? If you're using fats, can you do that? Yes, it's possible. There are outliers, situations, there's people that can respond to lower carbohydrates. But in general, most people are going to respond to an adequate amount of carbohydrates for what they do. Once again, you know, I'm going to throw out the qualifier because every single time we start talking about carbohydrates, you know, we get the no carb zealots. We're we're not saying that you would not have days where your carbs would be lower. You know, if you're resting, as an example, is you wouldn't need a lot of carbohydrates for energy. So that's a good day, you know, to, you know, I mean, do you want to go like like zero carbs or, or 25 and net carbs? I mean, you know, net carbs, uh, just kind of throw this out there just because I think it's something that comes up fairly often. Net carbs is the amount of carbohydrates or usable carbohydrates minus fiber and that's you know if you're looking at something like my fitness pal or something like that they'll often show net carbs and people are like what's net carbs so that's, <laughs> that's what net carbs is but you go well okay i kind of get it now you know my muscles are more hydrated therefore it's showing up as lean tissue on a body fat test, and if my weight stays stable, then I have less bodily fat on me. Yes, but in the beginning, it may take a while for you to sort of process that, you know, because like initially, for instance, let's say that you had been avoiding carbohydrates or keeping your, your calories relatively low as it relates to your activity level, you know, you will sometimes have an adjustment period that allow for a little bit of a, a bounce up where you're rehydrating your muscle. But if you use that, that new available energy to do bigger and better things, oftentimes that weight will stabilize. You know, when you look at, you know, the, the, the scientific data on this in terms of, you know, uh, you know, rehydrating the muscle and 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 the relationship between fats and 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 you know, um, losing fat, gaining muscle. You know, when most of what we're going to be talking about here is based on the information that we have from clients that are all body fat testing, that are seeing monstrous results really quickly as it relates to the amount of muscle that they have on their frame. And it's not just people that are new to training. That's what's interesting about it is that we have people that have been training for quite some time, but they've been eating low carb or they've been eating low calories. And then, you know, they do eat to form for six weeks to two, two months, their weight, is either up a little bit or stable, 
but their body fat percentage goes down a great deal. And, and I always use the example of a 72 year old client that we had that put on six pounds of muscle. She basically was coming from a deficient background. And if you're coming from a deficient background where you're eating, you know, let's say 1400 calories, but your body requires say 2,100 calories and you start eating, you know, you gradually move from 1400 to 21. We don't like take someone and hit, Hey, eat 2,100 calories today, you know? Um, but we gradually move you up. And as we move you there to eating an adequate amount for what you do, if we do it slow enough, what will happen is it will end up rehydrating that muscle. It'll show up as lean mass and that's not fat. And, and you can hear my dog barking, you know, super professional podcast. I mean, you know, the thing about, the thing about these podcasts that's interesting is, you know, I could do them in a soundproof booth in a studio somewhere and it would just be really super inconvenient to do so. <laughs> or, or we can just do it in my basement, talk to you guys about what we know, bring you the information that, that, you know, our PhDs teach us and, and, and do it in kind of a casual manner. So we choose the casual manner. So, you know, occasionally your dog barks in the background. I mean, one of the best example, I mean, one of the best examples that we've ever had, you know, uh, is Catherine. You know, I mean, Catherine started off, she was already relatively athletic, but like her beginning pitchers to now, you know, are just astonishingly different. Can you talk a little bit about like your personal scenario and maybe kind of the fears that you had kind of walking into taking a performance way of doing things? And then, you know, maybe talk, maybe talk a little bit about some of your recent struggles with injuries, but then also still remaining you know, still retaining like body composition? Um, well, when I found Eat to Perform, I was at 1200 calories. Um, that was probably a good day and uh, less than 20 grams of carbs per day. So I didn't have, I was ketogenic, high fat, moderate protein. And um, just hold, hold on one second, Catherine. Well, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I had no idea that she was the perfect example, but, <laughs> but uh, th this is the perfect example of what we're talking about. You know, so, but go ahead, Catherine. I didn't mean to. No, that's okay. That's okay. Um, and I had, I struggled. Um, I probably spent countless nights reading everything that uh, Eat to Perform brought out, uh, followed everybody, April, Paul, Jimmy on the forum trying to ask lots of questions. Actually, it was on Facebook at that point in time. And I, and I thought, you know what, this all makes sense. And I am just exhausted. I can't do this anymore. And um, I bumped up my carbs super fast. And, oh, too fast. <laughs> and, I, and I had some digestion problems. And, and I had a whole, and I think that's why I can help so many people on the forum is because I understand what the, all those bodily functions, what happens in that scenario. And I backed off and I got things consistent for about six to eight weeks or so. And I started building muscle. Finally, 
I was feeling I was my weight was up about five pounds, but I was starting to get people saying, "Hey, you know, what are you what are you doing?" <laughs> and at that point in time, it was probably about eighteen hundred calories. I had I had been able to get my calories up to, and but I was still feeling somewhat the the body fat wasn't um, lessening as much, and then I. April kept on saying, you know what, Kath, for the amount of work that you're doing, you need more carbs. We need to work on that. We need to balance you out, be consistent. And um, and probably about six months of being really consistent, uh, I was at 250 grams of carbs. And it was, uh, and I felt amazing. Well, those, that's when I was, when I took those, those before, those after pictures. And um, it really showed me how much I, my fear of carbs was so entrenched that it took me so long to believe that carbs could be helpful and they weren't the evil thing that we've all been told. And, um, and, and I'm so incredibly grateful. And then this last year, it's, it has been tough. I, have a, I had some SI joint issues. Uh, now we found out a tear in my left uh, hip and my training volume has gone down and after a conversation with Mike Nelson he's I said well what do I do my training isn't as it was interrupt just a second Mike yeah. Nelson is one of the PhDs that we have on staff you know we have we have three PhDs on staff they're, 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 we use them as a resource as it relates to research. And so each of them has kind of different area of expertise. But go ahead, Catherine. Fabulous resource, resources we have. Um, and he said, he, I said, well, do I drop my calories? Like, I, I, I'm not quite sure what I should do in this scenario. It's almost easier when you're helping someone else and when you're helping yourself, um, it's nice to have that uh, feedback from from Dr. Mike. And he said, no, 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 you need to keep your body composition might slide a little bit, but to get better, to repair yourself, you need to keep your calories up. And I'm like, great. And I have. I've kept with that. I haven't gone down super low carb. I've kept everything high. And um, I'm reaping the rewards now because I'm back. Uh, I've been able to squat up to 225 pounds and um, not re-injure myself. It's been it's been it's been quite the ride. So I'm really looking forward to this next year now that I'm I'm almost healthy, uh, almost hundred percent. But I'm just trying to train smart and keep keep my my calories in moderation. Does that answer? Yeah, it it definitely does. So you know what I will do is uh, I will also add Catherine's pictures. Um, you know, and 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 really the before picture because you know your before pictures you were carrying a little bit more fat around your waistline, right? And then as you started to add the carbohydrates, your muscles started to fill up and you started to look leaner in the process. Yes. And the interesting thing is that when I got to a point where I was pretty lean, I was I was I was feeling great and but I wasn't recovering very well. I was super sore and I wasn't quite sure what was going on and 
April <laughs> said, Kathy, you need more carbs. And I'm like, really? She's like, yeah. And one night I had the Targo. I had no fats and no protein left in my macros. I had the Targo right before I went to bed and I woke up. I have a picture of Paula. I should send it to you. My abs were just on fire. And I was like, wow, I can have Vitargo and go to sleep and I wake up leaner. Like carbs are the magic. Yeah. <laughs> was, I mean, you know, I, I mean, the one caveat that I would say is that all of our responses to carbohydrates are different. Now, when I say that, okay, everybody's like, but mine's bad. No, yours isn't bad. Your body holds water differently and because you're we all have a different reaction to carbohydrates you know you might not load near as well as say Catherine did on that given day but you know Catherine might not load as well as she did on that day on another day depending on kind of the amount of activity that she had and, and, and things of this nature but the overriding point that we're really trying to get to you guys is that no food is evil. It can all be used in a way that will help you get to see your results. And I know that a lot of people, when they think of carbohydrates, you know, they tend to think of things like, you know, candy and ice cream and stuff like this. And, and those things are fine. And I, I, I really would not want to live a life that was so restrictive that I couldn't have things that I enjoyed. So that is a big part of eating form. But what we're really talking about when Catherine talks about Vitargo, she's talking about a starch. And Vitargo works similar to potatoes or white rice or things of that nature. And she probably would have gotten a similar response through, you know, white rice or, or potatoes. But I will say if you've never tasted Vitargo, um, it, it, it's quite tasty, you know, um, and they have some new flavors coming out that, that are going to be pretty cool that I'm excited to taste as well and so so i just wanted everybody to kind of get that that information i think we covered that pretty well and you know in general you know i i mean as much as we want to get this information out to you guys and and this this was all really helpful for Catherine and i to figure it out for ourselves and she's probably a little bit more responsive to carbohydrates than than even i am you know, um, depending on, and, and I would say that, you know, she probably is a little bit more active than I am as well. And so you can kind of adjust for that, depending on your level of activity. I, I certainly have my, my moments though, um, in terms of activity. Um, and, uh, so yeah, we're going to get to two questions, but you know, if, if you're interested in, in kind of walking through the coaching and things like that, I mean, we, we, you know, we have a very liberal uh, return policy, you know, um, and, and, you know, I think what, what people see when they get to eat the reform is a level of, of caring, you know, that I think is uncommon. You know, I, I think in general, most of the other ways of thinking where down, down, down is always the way to go. Um, you, you know, it kind of, it's hard to stay positive and upbeat around a bunch of people that are starving all the time. And, you know, at Eat to Perform, you know, obviously we're 
trying to become better as human beings all the time. And so that's exciting and people are lifting more weights and they're running farther and they're picking up grandkids more, you know, and all the things that make us better human beings. And, and it's also, it's just, you know, if, if, if you're, you know, obviously you guys hear the excitement in, in my voice and Catherine's voice, hopefully that, that comes off as, as genuine as, as I, you know, it is for us, but, what I think that, you know, I wish most people could know, I wish they could touch it, is the thousands of people that care so deeply, you know, that are coming from like these restricted backgrounds where, you know, um, I mean, you, you can get started at the Eat to Perform for $9.95, you know, so, you know, there really is no reason to not try and become part of our community that is really super supportive. Um, and I think it makes a big difference for a lot of people. So I'm going to get to our questions. So far we only have one. We have, we have kind of a small class, about 10 people. But Sarah's asking, I know in another podcast, one of the coaches mentioned that she doesn't always zero out all of her macros daily. Now, if you're kind of listening to this and you're coming from like the, the one-on-one carbohydrates background, this is going to be a little bit more of the advanced side of things where we can kind of walk people through that have, you know, kind of gone through like the beginning stages and then now they're, you know, kind of trying to organize things in a more specific way. Because I feel a part of me wants to hit every single macro every single day, but I'm struggling. I struggle to hit my protein. Sometimes I go over my carbs, sometimes over my fat, but mostly I have problems just hitting my macros in general. Any thoughts on where the focus needs to be? I should mention I haven't gained or lost weight, but really doing ETP since January. So relatively new, um, and I've seen Sierra in the forums and making posts and stuff like that. I think that you know the person and coach that she mentioned is april and april is sort of my you know i, I joke uh that that i'm the robin to her batman um <laughs> and, and i'm fairly certain that's the exact way she thinks of it um but april has been doing the macro thing forever you know like her login um, to my fitness pal, her streak is like ridiculously high. And, um, but what she's saying is that, you know, she's not nailing the macros perfectly every single day. You know, what's most important, I would say protein by far, you know, um, making sure that you're getting an adequate amount of protein, because as we talked about a little bit with this exercise, you know, and that's actually kind of an interesting discussion as it relates to carbohydrates because carbohydrates going to help muscle protein turnover when you're eating an adequate amount of food because when you're eating, basically protein's breaking down into these amino acids. And when your muscle breaks down, it's breaking down amino acids. So protein's going to provide the, um, the building blocks to rebuild that muscle even leaner. And then the carbohydrates will sort of get you to that point. We actually did talk about this a little bit. We glossed over it, and, and so I'm going to kind of come back to it. But a lot of the times, you know, when we say that fat store easier is fat than carbohydrates, usually the issue isn't so much the um, fats or carbohydrates in general. It's the fact that calories overall push the calorie number higher, and ultimately that lends 
you know, to your fats being stored as fat, right? Because your overall calories are, you know, and once again, it, it, it sounds like you can control this in an acute way. And it, it sort of addresses Sierra's question. Nothing that we're teaching you has to be done perfectly. I mean, one of the things that I, I always like to say to people is you really can't do eat to perform wrong. And, you know, what I'm really saying there is that you can't do any form of eating wrong, but all the other previous ways of thinking told you that rigidity is the secret, right? There is no secret. There, you know, the secret is hard work and patience and some level of understanding along the way and trying to figure out what works for you. And, you know, guess what? You know, in a 30-day challenge, you might not find out all of life's problems, you know? And, and you might find that it's actually more harmful to your mentality and your relationship with food than coming to a full understanding the way that we try to teach people. And so, you know, I think that if, if Sierra is looking to kind of get to a point where it makes the most sense, really prior, uh, prioritizing that protein, making sure that that's up there. And then I would argue that, you know, eating an adequate amount of calories, you know, is probably the second priority. Um, you could actually argue that that's first, but the problem that you do with that is then all of a sudden, you know, you see somebody who's eating 75% of their calories from Twinkies, right? And so I always try to like, you know, make sure that the protein is sort of right there. Um, and then we talk about overall calories. And then from, from that perspective, I would argue that carbohydrates are more favorable for athletic activities than fats are. So your fats can can be a little bit lower. Um, I will say that if my fats tend to be too low for too long, you know, I will get like some level of fatigue. Um, I don't sleep as good. You know, um, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, a lot of people focus on the fact that, you know, if you have, you know, once again, I mean, we're, we, we're always seem to be talking about the stuff that's kind of the exact opposite of what everybody else says. But, you know, when you talk about having carbohydrates later at night, a lot of people say that they not only sleep deep, but they sleep the deepest that, you know, you can sleep. And that is favorable as it relates to rest and recovery. And, and you end up being, you know, better because of that. And, and obviously the advice for many years was never eat carbs late in, at night. And, and, and there were so many cultures that were showing that that just wasn't the case. And, and you know, that's such an easily debunked thing. Um, was it favorable for weight loss? Um, sure. But, you know, you know, one of the best examples that I heard was talking about stress and and when we're talking about eating less we're talking about exercise really talking about stress and what they were talking about was the amount of stress that someone goes through with a death in the family and they often you know aren't you know willing to uh you know eat they're feeling acute stress and a lot of times they'll end up losing weight in that 
process. You know, kind of the the that's the same thing that sort of happens when you sort of avoid carbohydrates. You know, one of the big buzzwords right now um, is the hormone cortisol, and cortisol is sort of your your um, fight or flight hormone also known as your your stress hormone and you know people will often talk about you know when cortisol is too high you're going to store bodily fat um or you're going to start store belly fat um thing about cortisol you know and stress is that there's two things that naturally antagonize those things and that's carbohydrates and eating an adequate amount for what you do you know and so it's sort of funny that so many people and the diet industry are focused on cortisol, but they they aren't really focused on telling people the specific solutions to, you know, kind of making that right. And so when you look at weight loss overall, you know, are, are we really like pulling water out of the muscle? Are we are we really addressing fat in those scenarios? You know, that's sort of what happens when you avoid carbohydrates and specifically carbohydrates at night, you know, some of the topic that we were talking about is you might get weight loss, but it doesn't end up being fat loss because basically you're just, you know, pulling water out of your body. And everybody knows that about dieting. You know, it's really kind of the hard work is the time after you sort of get that water, but that, you know, getting that water out, you know, when you are looking at a cutting cycle or something like that, it is, relatively important but if you're constantly well that's the other thing that that really needed you know i mean there's probably a lot of people that have left at this point you know that want to get the basic information but when we talk about inflammation and the inflammation needed to process carbohydrates or the inflammation needed to process an injury or you know micro tears that happen through exercise inflammation sort of has a bad rap and inflammation is what you use to heal yourself so when dr mike talked to Catherine about you know eating an adequate amount of food as her body was trying to recover that's what he was saying to her is that don't compromise your metabolism don't compromise your recovery ability um, because you're scared of inflammation you know that inflammation is actually one of the things that's going to allow you to to heal and as long as you can you know one of the other things favorable for that is just really to keep moving you know um, I you know I I had a really bad motorcycle accident uh, about 10 years ago at this point and uh, you know the first time I did it uh, I, I had multiple surgeries first time I did it um, I, you know, kind of, it took me a while to heal. The second surgery was as bad as the first, but at that point I understood the concept of moving. And when I started to move those areas, cause you know, I mean, think about, you know, I mean, I had my ankle ripped off of my leg and then, you know, um, the next surgery was bunion surgery and, 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 and they took all the hardware out and, 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 you know, just, just both scenarios would be horrific and you would not want to move, but you have to move because that's what 
allows your body to process that inflammation and allows you to heal. And moving is a big, big, big part of that. Um, and so moving and, and kind of stretching, I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, going out there and, and overdoing things. I'm saying gradually, you know, get to a point where you're changing range of motion. And uh, inflammation is a part of that. And, you know, people need to be a little bit more, I think if people started doing the research a little bit more, or, or at least kind of, you know, one of the things that's kind of cool about Eat to Perform is that once you start putting this information in front of people, it seems like they, they soak it up like a sponge, you know, but if, if you're kind of invested in, you know, not knowing, you know, um, usually there's a reason why, right? Like, you know, I mean, I'll just speak for myself, you know, uh, when, you know, fitness wasn't a priority in my life, um, you know, I kind of didn't want to know, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I, you know, cause it, it would mean that I had to do work, you know, and it would mean that I would have to make some tough calls. And so, so kind of keep that in mind that whenever, you know, you don't want to know the number on the scale or you don't, you know, whatever it is, you know, why don't you want to know, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and usually it's, it's kind of helpful. So, Benet saying, please discuss how to get specifics for carbs, grams, fat grams for the eat form calculator for fat loss. I have to log off, but we'll listen to recording. Thanks. So this is like the biggest discussion in the coaches course, and it's it's sort of sort of funny to me because you know the it, it's it's such a small part of of things. You know, I think that people want to believe that the calories and, and, and this and that, you know, tend to be kind of the way that we do it. Um, there definitely is specifics as it relates to, uh, you know, protein, for instance, Mike, uh, you know, in the coach's course talks about 0.7, 0.8. There are outlier type situations um, 0.7.8 being 0.7.8 for your body size. Um, you can go a little bit lower for athletes with a little bit more fat to use because uh, the um, the fat layer for that individual ends up being kind of a measure of protection for their body. And so, you know, they can still get an adequate amount of protein. And so, you know, when you look at the eat to perform calculator, I would say, you know, just as as just some general rules, if you're looking for a male, you know, I usually start at a baseline. So, okay, so I'll, I'll break it down this way. When you're using the eat to perform calculator, you want to use fats. So you want to solve for protein that's roughly 0.7 or 0.8, you know, and you would go to 0.8 or even close to, to one gram per pound when the athlete is a smaller framed athlete. But if it's, you know, 180, 200 pound male, 5'8", then we're looking at 0 0.7, 0 0.8. So I hope that kind of helps things. So, you know, in the case of, you know, a uh, 200 pound male, you know, I'm probably going to set the protein at 150 grams just to kind of see what that looks like. 
once I set the fats, I'm going to set the fats at about 100 grams, and then I'm going to see the carbohydrates based on their level of activity. When we're setting the uh, the numbers for an athlete, a lot of the times if they're new, we're going to go moderately active. And there are rare instances where if the athlete has you know, more fat to use, we'll even use minus 10. Um, that's also part of the, the calculator. And the reason why we do that is because we'd rather default to a little bit lower and then have the athlete say to me, oh, my goodness, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hungry and I want to eat. You know, and then we'll go, okay, you know, what's your weight looking like? And they're like, well, it's, it's down. It's down a lot. I'm hungry. You know, and so then we'll, we'll gradually kind of bump them up uh, and, and kind of stabilize things. Remember that the whole point of each form is really to kind of establish a baseline for athletes, really kind of push that, that metabolic math into a favorable position and then kind of use that you know, in a rinse and repeat mode to have those athletes see a result. So I would say, you know, my defaults are probably 75 grams for females, 100 grams for males. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, you know, I've tried to work with the calculator in the past. Well, you know, we've got a few um, software updates that are kind of happening right now. And so we, we may actually be able to revisit this real soon here. Um, a lot of the times for a female, it might actually fall somewhere between 50 and 75, 75 um, grams for fat. And so, you know, we'll either do that through a spreadsheet that we have, or um, you can do that by hand. You know, the uh, you know, fats are nine calories per gram, and then you can make an adjustment as it relates to carbohydrates. But now let's say, you know, I have a 200-pound man. He's 150 grams of protein, and then, uh, yeah, 150 grams of protein, and then 100 grams of fat, and I'll look at his carbohydrate number, and the carbohydrate number is 625, right? Well, at that point, you know, probably going to lower the, uh, raise the protein up a little bit, you know, to where it's, you know, probably in the neighborhood of about 175 grams. And I'll talk to the athlete and see if that's okay, you know, that, that that's doable for them. More often than not, they'll say yes. And then I'll play with the um, fat number, maybe bring that fat number up to, you know, let's say 125. You you could probably mute yourself too, Kathleen. I'm just trying to. Thank you. Yeah. Um, but you can move the athlete to 125 and then that'll bring down, you know, that carbohydrate number to kind of a more reasonable level. Now, here's the other thing, too, that I think is really important to this discussion. It's that people want to go to the e-perform calculator and they want to start eating that number immediately. And that's not what we teach people, you know. Um, and when you're an e-perform member, this is why in the coaches course, a lot of people are taking the coaches course and they want to figure it all out, you know, and they want to, you know, bring it to their members and even form, you know, like we said, is, is only $9 and 95 cents a month, you know, 
and you get the resources of three PhDs and dietitians and all these coaches that have been trained by these people that, that allow for a level of support. I mean, when you look at Eat Reform, I think the reasons why we're successful is because of the excitement level and the level of support. And if you're a coach and you're a gym owner and you can plug into that, like, wow, how amazing is that? But if you're going to sit over there on an island, you know what I mean? And people are just trying to kind of, you know, feel their way through the process alone, you know, and I know the temptation is, you know, you want to kind of do it by yourself, but, but I'm just saying to people that that ends up becoming another version of, well, I'll try this for 30 days and see what works. Well, you know, the problem with trying anything for 30 days, you know, they're, what they're going to do is they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. You're either, either going to know the answer or you're not going to know the answer. And you're really not going to help them get to where they need to be as it relates to like the full picture, you know. And so what we try to do with the coaches course is we try to, to have an avenue where coaches can sort of plug into, you know, the overall system. But, but in general, you know, the temptation – is for people to want to use that information and and they certainly can try but you know i i would bet you know i would venture to say that you know those people are not doing eat to perform because eat to perform really is the system where you have the whole community for support and so if you're kind of on off on an island on your own i mean yeah you know like as an example, when when I um, was first working out and doing high intensity workouts, you know, I would tell people that I was doing CrossFit, right? Um, and then I took the CrossFit certifications course, uh, ironically, before I actually joined a CrossFit gym. And then I started doing CrossFit. And as it turns out, I really wasn't doing CrossFit. I was, you know, doing high intensity work, which, you know, Having your athletes eating more food is good, right? Having your athletes having more support, more excitement, and plugged into kind of the bigger picture, that to me is eat to perform, you know? And if that sounds like I'm saying that, you know, the, you know every single one of your clients needs to become a member of eat to perform to have some level of success, that's absolutely not true. We have 1.5 million followers. Of those 1.5 million followers, I think we have 125,000 people that have signed up for a membership. I have people every single day that come to me and say, I do eat to perform, and then I'll ask them if they're a member or not, and they say no, but I've had some of the best results I've ever had in my life. Great. Awesome for you, right? Like, so I'm not saying that every single person out there always needs to join Eat to Perform. But let's be honest, some people have more acute issues, you know, and they need that community. They need the meal planning. They need the training and programming group. They need all the connections. Like when we talk about what – long-term in-game success looks like you know it really isn't the calculator it really isn't you know and i think that if if you know 
you you can use the guidelines that we're talking about here. There's a video on the calculator page, you know, where we, we talk about it and we give some basic guidelines. Um, you know, our coaches when, you know, I mean, we used to actually tell people, like when Catherine first started, we would have told her to just go to the calculator and we gave her instructions and we got to a point where we just started doing it for them. But I can tell you that it's not like this amazingly complex system. I mean, we have basically three people that do it. And, you know, in general, what they try and do is they get people the, the information. And then once people have the information, they're sort of instructed to kind of make adjustments as they're kind of walking through the process and what we try to do is kind of make sure that everybody understands that you know it changes right the way that you view it changes the way that your body responds to it changes and so you have to kind of test things so when Catherine talked a little bit earlier about you know talking to april and april said you know you got to keep pushing it and Catherine did push it and ultimately got better results as as, as as, as a way of doing that. I just wonder if a lot of people are going to get there by having their coach at their gym without the level of support, without the level of excitement, without the free nanos, without the, you know, the, the kill cliff, without the, you know, eat to perform opens, without the, you know, eat to perform summer camp. You know what I mean? Like all those things sound fun. And it makes Eaton Forum very exciting and really cool to be a part of. And, you know, if you can replicate that in your gym, you know, let me know. You know, we'll franchise that and then, you know, you can make a good amount of money because I've not seen a gym that's been able to replicate it the way that we've been able to replicate it online. And we're certainly trying to do that. We're trying to introduce, you know, to gym owners that excitement needs to be a big part of things but the problem that you run into you know and 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 oh by the way you know after week five we do kind of walk people through like we have a whole class on it where we walk people through you know the different considerations that you would have as a as it relates to setting macros so you know I think people want to believe that setting macros is like this big honking deal that's going to make all the difference in the world. And and I remember that like, you know, from poker, you know, when I was a poker player thinking that the, the math and the odds and the statistics was the biggest part of the deal. And, you know, if you ask me a percentage on, on the macros, a percentage on the math in poker, I'd say it's about, you know, 15 to 20% of the overall picture. You know, that really kind of the habits, the excitement, you know, really kind of being part of something much bigger. That's 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 a big part of the deal. I think the other thing, too, that when we start talking about math, especially, you know, she's talking about fat loss macros, you know, um, and, and she puts a exclamation point. You know, I appreciate the fact that you have a exclamation point on your fat loss, but problem with that is is that if you put fat loss first on the list and fat loss is the absolute biggest thing are we not addressing fat loss as the calories are going up right are we not addressing fat loss as we're increasing the metabolic math are we not you know bringing more tissue to the table and less you know um, fat 
as it relates to, um, you know, if they're they're able to stay weight stable. Yes, we are right. But you know, if you just want to, if you just want cut calories, I mean, you can go to any calculator on the internet and it will do those for you. But how's that working for everybody? Because it doesn't seem to be working for anybody. You know, everybody's trying that approach. And, and you know, I, I think the temptation is to want to, you know, just constantly be in these cut cycles and constantly get to where you, you want to go. I mean, Catherine, how long have you been doing each perform? I think it's been about three, three and a half years. And when, when, in that time, cutting cycles, overall weeks? Um, I did one PFFL. So that's eight weeks, and I think that's been it. <laughs> my my after pictures, I wasn't cutting. Yeah, so so eight weeks. Yeah, you know it's funny. Like in the movie, um, what was it? Um, Jake Gyllenhaal for the movie Southpaw. Um, they they asked him how his abs got so defined. Um, for the movie, and he's like, I ate a lot of Chipotle. <laughs> um, but but he, he's like uh, you know they asked him well you know what what diet were you on and he was like I wasn't on a diet you know, you don't get abs like that on a diet you know and that's the kind of thing that's just like lost on you know the regular folks you know and and you know for you to have the physique physique that you have and the performance gains that you have you know and and to be cutting for eight weeks out of three and a half years. That's a big story, folks. I mean, that's a really big part of the story that everybody needs to hear. And, you know, no doubt, Catherine was already relatively lean when she came to eat to perform. And so there are people with a little bit more fats to use that ultimately have a little different journey than Catherine's. But at the end of the day, you know, what we're really talking about is always going to be some level of patience some level of of up the majority of the time where normalization is a, is a is a is a big part of the priority and then occasionally going down which we certainly cover in depth in the coaches course you know um i i think that you know in the coaches course right now it's week two you know and everybody's like i want the secrets you know it's like well it's a 10-week course for a reason you know yeah so <laughs> I appreciate everybody body being here, and uh, we'll kind of end it right there. Uh, Catherine, I appreciate you stepping in for, for Chris, and we'll get uh, back to Fat Loss Talk on, on Thursdays. I don't know if you know this, but um, the Fat Loss Chat that, you know, that we put up from last Thursday, that's been one of the, the best-received awesome. podcasts so far. So. Cool. I appreciate everybody being here, and we will talk to you guys later. Bye. Thank you.